0: Today we talked to the foremost export in the entire world in international marketplaces and she's going to give us all the latest on what's the best practices for expanding outside of our home marketplace. How cool is that? Pretty cool I think. Two, three, four. Do you want to see how your listing or maybe competitor's listing rates as to best practices for listing optimization? Or maybe you want to compare a group of ASINs or Amazon products to see how they compare to each other. Maybe you want to see within seconds the top keywords for a single listing or a group of listings. You can do that and more with the Helium 10 tool, Listing Analyzer. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash listing analyzer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And going to the other side of the world today, uh, we've got Jana back with us. Yeah, are you, are you in Serbia right now? Home in Serbia right now?
1: Yes, I'm home in Belgrade in Serbia. That's right.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Now, guys, we're not going to go too much into her backstory. I I got some notes here from uh, Mel, our podcast coordinator, who looked up when she's been on the podcast before. So like her origin story, first time she was ever on the podcast. If you want to look it up, go to episode 99. uh, And then she was back again in 229. And then she kind of had like a a preview episode that she did with her with her husband, uh, Lazar, last year. Uh, you know, before selling scale summit, and that was three fifty six. But but now she's she's back here by herself. So kind of like the third time, really. The other one kind of didn't count. But back up for the third time, Yana, uh, how's the, how's it been going? How's twenty twenty three been for you so far?
1: Twenty twenty three has been actually pretty pretty good. I would say twenty twenty two was not the best year, honestly. And I think a lot of uh, sellers and uh, service providers have been affected by various issues we've had. Uh, the last year but I kind of feel like this year like um everything is kind of going back to normal uh, at least when it comes to sellers and service providers and 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 South tools and all that I think uh, it's been overall a very good year for us
0: now let me ask you just right off the bat here um you were on the show last year but AI wasn't even a thing you know last right. year and and mm-hmm. I, I think the for the for the average person who might be just watching on the sidelines they might think you know, agencies like yourself, you know, translation, you know, very human-based agency, Mm -hmm. like, oh man, you know, people like YLT must be scared. You know, they're, they're going to be irrelevant because now we can get just AI to do whatever, whatever these agencies and listing optimization places and translation places did. But, but is that, is that the case? Are are you, are you having to fire 90% of your staff because now you are irrelevant in in 2023 or what's the real situation?
1: well i i mean i had to disappoint everyone including uh kevin king who approached me at one of the parties in vegas who was like yana are you like are you guys done i'm like well that's a great conversation starter kevin (laughs) um so um yeah uh, we're definitely not done and actually like we've been working with very big enterprises uh this year including uh, nestle and uh, a lot of their supplement brands uh, like vital proteins and uh um, solar vitamins, Crocs, uh, National Geographic. We've been just like working with a lot of uh, very uh, big brands. We kind of focus more on enterprises now, and what we've seen uh, is that you know they kind of they still trust us. But uh, I've actually because I'm really um, of course interested in that, and that is definitely going to affect the future and also uh, like what what we are doing um but just not as of like right now and um uh, five months ago i've tested a couple of uh best um, amazon listing creation tools and at that time there were um i tested copy smith um uh what was it percy copy monkey jasper and power listing and none of these tools were great for translation um, they were okay when it comes to like, the listing creation because all these tools, like all the AI tools are now created to create something out of nothing. And I think they are great like, to, to, for, the, for, for them to get like a topic and then they have like, the whole you know storytelling is like, all up to them. But if it comes to translations, the problem was that if um, if you were to give the text, like let's say you want to do like, a product listing with a title and the bullets and so on, The AI tool would only take certain portions of text and then translate it as it wants and create something completely different that was not in the original listing. Because this is how AI was programmed to think outside the box and to create Mm -hmm. completely new content and not to focus and improve the already existing one and to localize it, um, not even like use the keywords and, and other things. So um, I would say that uh, I think the developers uh, are definitely focused on creating something out of nothing and not just like focusing on doing the the content, uh, improving it, localizing and putting keywords in it. I don't think they've focused on that yet. So that's why I think you still have like the, you know, like the human touch is still very important. And when it comes to translations, it's still how it was. I mean, you can use Google Translate or you can use ChatGPT, but you're going to get like a mediocre translation with no localization and no keywords at all. Um, sometimes, yeah. like if you even like ask them, like could you use the keywords like from Google, like they would use it like something that you would get from Google AdWords or like Google Trends, and this is how they would embed them. But this would not be anything that's like kind of Amazon friendly. And as of, from this point, like uh, us using AI tools would not help us because if we were to use it, we would have to dedicate twice as much time to fix it and to make it like an Amazon-style, according to that Amazon-style guidance, than to create something that would work. So for now, uh, we haven't found something that would help us. Of course, I would want to integrate it as soon as there's something out there that will make our lives easier and will speed up our work. But for now, AI tools are not focused that much on uh, the, the translations. I think they're more into copywriting and um and just as I said, like you know, doing like um, articles, PDFs, doing your slides, um, doing bunch of other amazing things. I'm a big fan of AI. I use a lot of prompts, um, and uh, to help myself on you know like a daily basis, and also like create pictures and stuff like that. But when it comes to translations, I'd say that it's still not um, that advanced or advanced at all.
0: Okay. Now, um, you know, I think. You know, you've been on here a while. People understand that, that you do deal with translations. But I think a tendency might be that people think, hey, yeah, you know, what I would need a, a translation company for, and rightfully so, is to to make my listing. Like, hey, I, I'm selling in Amazon Germany, and now I want to go to Amazon USA, need to make it in English, and we shouldn't just use Google Translate. But, you know, I was looking at your website uh, today, and it's kind of like you don't really realize nowadays how much different things you need translation for so not only is there the listing but there's a plus content and then there's uh the ads you know like it's not you know it's gone are the days where it's just hey let's throw in our uh you know just a ppc uh, uh, a keyword and target a product but you've got copy that you have to do like on your sponsored display ads and your sponsored brand ads and your sponsored video ads you've got your brand store uh your packaging um chat bots if you use it follow-up emails uh your website and i'm I'm looking at all this stuff i'm like oh my goodness yeah there's like there's like a really a lot more involved nowadays when when you want to sell in another foreign language uh marketplace which which of these is the second most common then would you just say as a uh the second and third most common after just like hey let's get our listing up on another another platform
1: yeah, well I would say like when it comes to content, definitely like the title bullets, A plus content, it's the most important one because this is like uh-huh. your content, it represents you know your brand, your products and so on. But um uh, main images now that could be uh, localized according to the country you sell in are very much important and especially now like if you go to amazon you'll see that the title is moved to the left so like um they, they cannot emphasize even more on the main images and a lot of times these um uh, these images are left in english uh and they're not translated to any other language which is a very big mistake uh because like we had also like a really great case study where we could you know trace and follow like the changes have made like big impact just like putting um german language on main images uh really made a big difference i think they had 60 percent increase uh in uh conversion and i think like 65 or 70 percent increase in profit um so that, that was really really impressive and there are like a bunch of other um uh, brands that can tell you that that actually when they change the the, the language of the main image that they kind of like spike the conversions even even more uh, because I think that you know a lot of people still don't speak English, and you know, like the Harvard Business Review says that you know only fifty percent of people speak English. So you're basically targeting every other uh, consumer instead of like every single consumer out there. And just like those main images are very important because sometimes people will not even go through listings if they don't understand what's on the main images. If you're selling beauty products or supplements, and people are like hmm, not sure about these ingredients, this is that oh, there's a grammar error. Well, I better not like, you know, drink this collagen. I maybe like, you know, I'll take another one because I'm not sure if they're doing a good job. And people will judge your listing, especially Germany, they will judge your listing. I'm oh, sorry, they will judge your product according to your listing. And also they had like a brand, it had like fantastic content, keywords, and then fifth bullet, they said, We're offering Dutch uh, sorry, we're offering German support twenty-four um, seven uh, three hundred and days a week. Um, German support, blah, 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 local, like, uh, speakers. And that fifth bullet was full of grammar errors. And then people would be very suspicious about if you're telling the truth in the rest of your listing and if you are, you know, legit as you say. And also, like, from all of the, um, international marketplaces, Germany still is the marketplace that gives out the most refunds. So you really, really have to be careful about the content and about what you say and how you present your brand and, in your product because germans are very picky and then when they see something is weird they might move on to the next listing you know that's something that that i've noticed and that happens quite a lot
0: okay interesting now just in in general you know you you have probably the most experience that anybody in the in the world as far as different marketplaces you know and every time i've had you on the show i'll i'll ask you hey what are the the newer ones or what are the ones you think people are sleeping on and you know you've talked about you know amazon Mm -hmm. japan and then and then you know there's a couple of european marketplaces that before they even launched you know people were already you know uh really trying to hit you up for translation so you, that you you know you knew there was a lot of demand you know now we're in the middle of 2023 um i don't you know there hasn't been too many uh in the last year that that amazon has opened but what about just you know either amazon marketplaces or other marketplaces what's trending now outside of the normal you know USA Japan Germany you know uh marketplaces what right. um uh, what what are, what are having some meteor meteoric? Is that wait? How do you, how do you what, what's the word I'm looking for? Meteorotic? is that a word? It goes like a meteorotic, meteor. I don't know what I, you see. I, I need a <laughs> translation for English because my English is isn't is not great here. So I, it's good I have a translator. But what are having some like really? Big time rises uh, in the marketplace world yeah. uh, these days.
1: The meteoric rise. Meteoric. Uh, there you go. Thank you for help yeah. with my English. I think um, I think a lot of people have unfortunately been disappointed with the, the two newest marketplaces, Amazon Poland and Sweden. And honestly, mm. like when people ask me, so Jana, like, what should we do next? Should we do Polish? Should we like Sweden? What should we do? I mean. Yes, you can like do translation for those marketplaces, but like do you really want to spend your money like running PPC ads that are not bringing any sales? So, I would say at this point like to forget about Amazon Poland and Sweden because Amazon has not been pushing them a lot. They haven't focused on these marketplaces enough. Like Amazon Netherlands is a small one, but it's doing better now, much better than 2 years ago when I I think I last talked about it. Uh, because mm-hmm. they've been like focused on it. They wanted to push out bull.com being the yeah. uh, their main competitor at the time. But now what we've seen is that a lot of sellers that did translations, they're now choosing Allegro.pl instead of Amazon in Poland. Uh, because yeah. Allegro is bringing them some results, whereas Amazon Poland isn't. I'm still expecting really good results from that marketplace. I just don't know when is it going to be. The time that Amazon is gonna say, like, okay, like now we're gonna focus on this one, we're gonna push this marketplace and we're gonna, like, you know, uh, make people uh, earn money on it because that's why people are there. But um, I would say that uh, Poland and Sweden are definitely out for me to ask me, like, where to sell in Europe. But what's been very interesting is the Italian marketplace. Um, and then if you like go through like a Bloomberg report and all the other business reports, you'll see that e-commerce has skyrocketed uh, during last year and this year as well. Now Italy is also like a very small marketplace, but people seeing amazing results when selling uh, in Italy. Um, And I think that a lot to do with this was COVID and just like the shopping habits that obviously permanently changed in Italy that were not that big of like um, e-commerce shoppers, but now they obviously are. Um, So that's why we've seen like a really, really insane growth in Italy and a lot of sellers and brands wanting to go there and like try to like see how the products um, are going to do. So I've seen Italy being really, really successful, which really surprised me. I was not expecting that at all.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean that—that's one of the the OG European marketplaces. um Yeah, one you know, interesting like always you know, in the
1: shadow on like all of the other Yeah, yeah, like was, yeah. I would say like you know, yeah, of course, UK, Germany, Spain, France, but Italy is like nah. Like if you're you have something that you think is going to go big in Italy, or just like like the Italian marketplace, then go for it. But apart from that, I, I would not ever get my hopes up like on if, if I it was like selling something in Italy. Honestly,
0: yeah. Now you know you 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 have more interactions with european sellers than me but i i've been trying to interact more with with sellers from europe and one thing i've noticed which is uh kind of go goes against uh, maybe a stereotype that i had was i thought that hey all the european sellers they just go ahead and and open up in all marketplaces and that's not the case you know I, at least in my experience yeah. like you know there's like one like yeah i sell in the uk and that's it you know or i sell in germany or maybe they sell in two uh marketplaces. is that kind of like what you see too where It's not just, oh yeah, once we sell in Europe, we're just going to go ahead and open it up in all, whatever, eight marketplaces or whatever it is now.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, That is absolutely not the case. Uh, And one would think that, no, since you're in Europe, why not? Why not do all like seven marketplaces? But a lot of European sellers actually focus only on the bigger ones, you know, like the UK, Germany, France, and then they would sell in the US, and then they would sell maybe in Mexico. But You know, like they would not um, sell on all European marketplaces. I would say that they will almost in 95, percent of the cases they would sell in the US and they would sell like on bigger marketplaces in Europe, but not on all of them for sure. And what is very also typical is that they would not only sell on uh, Amazon, they would sell on in France, like can see discount or they would sell like a Zalando if they sell fashion. They would just like sell on all the different like marketplaces that are um, available in Europe uh, in the countries that they want to sell in. But they would definitely not expand to all of the Amazon global marketplaces. Uh, so that's what we've seen. That's quite, quite uh, uh, often. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is that U.S. sellers are like, OK, let's try two marketplaces in Europe. And if it's working, let's go and do all of them. This is what I've yeah. seen um happens so like a, the majority would be like try out one or two marketplaces and if it works let's we'll just let's we'll just like spread ourselves like everywhere but europeans are kind of more i don't know like they're more careful with that they just don't go like uh, you know like all in with uh, their expansion their product but now i think it's becoming um easier for let's say uk sellers to sell in europe and also to get the products out to europe via Netherlands, because like, if you were to register um, uh, the number that has to do with like import-export uh, in, in the Netherlands, then you would not need to register it anywhere else, and you could distribute all of your products across the whole Europe. And I think not a lot of people and sellers know this, but basically, you can get everything done in the Netherlands and ship the... The products also like via Netherlands to Germany, which was quite known fact from last year. But what uh, people don't know is like that the import/export issues could be all done in the Netherlands for like uh, twice less time than you would get like you would need if you were to do this in Germany or any other countries. And you can just like ship the products everywhere um, in Europe. That was very helpful when I uh, talked with some of the um, UK uh, sellers. We had like a small mastermind when I was in London. Uh, so that's what this was. What some people were using, and uh, this kind of speed up the the process when it comes to selling from UK uh, to Europe, which I found very helpful.
0: Okay. Now, now is this you know, like when you're trying to help sellers understand where there might be opportunity? Is this kind of tie? Does this kind of tie in with uh, you had a new service, and, and uh, yep. I like I like the the name of it. It was Amor. Uh, What's the name? Uh, love in Spanish, but that's obviously not. Uh, it's, you're not giving love uh, workshops, even though, of course, you know you, you and your husband are the the Amazon couple, uh, the famous Amazon couple <laughs> who got married uh, from the industry. But what does amor stand for?
1: So amor it means basically uh, spreading the love uh, internationally, cross border for your product. So basically, amor is an acronym and stands for. Amazon marketplace, uh, blah, Amazon marketplace opportunity report. Um, that's what it stands for. Um, and I thought it was quite appropriate to have the little armor with this like bow and uh, arrow and uh, spreading love and shooting uh, those um, arrows across Europe and other uh, global marketplaces. Um, mm-hmm. And I came to the idea like to just kind of start the service because I've got like so many questions about you know like where should I sell next? Like uh, you know what's the next big thing for me? And then I would always answer like, well you know, it is a million dollar question. And then I was like, well, what if I can help them? Like, I can't answer it, but what if like we can kind of help them with um, some of the things that we are really good at and that is like content and keywords, and a little bit of the market research and a little bit like asking the audience what audience feels. And I just think that a lot of people just forget about like, um, you know, um, if you do everything right, if you do the due diligence the way you're supposed to, one important factor is will people buy it? Will will people like it? Because we've had a seller that was selling a, a product and then he done everything well, the the pictures, like everything was just great, but the, the audience just didn't like it. So I went to my team and yeah. to my German team and asked them, like, look, so this seller hasn't had any success, like zero. Um, I I don't know why, like, maybe you, you can tell me something. You you guys are all uh, Germans. And then all of them told me like, well, we would never buy this product. It's very not German-like. And I'm like, really? And all 14 of them said the same thing. And I was (laughs) like, huh, how interesting. And who knows how many more products would be like that. And they're not going to be successful because the audience doesn't think it's, um, interesting or a good fit. And I also don't think that selling internationally is for everyone. I don't think all brands should do it just because you saw that your competitor is doing it. and Amazon tells you to do it and you wanna kind of, you know, like you wanna maximize a profit, you wanna exit your brand. But I don't think it's a good idea for everyone, honestly. I mean, this goes like, um, you know, against what we do, but I'd rather be fully transparent. Like, as you said, like this is an no OBS podcast. And I just think that um, sometimes it's not a good idea for you to try and sell in Germany or UK or Mexico just because you're gonna have not, you're not gonna have a good ROI or sometimes it, things will not go as uh, as you planned. And, um, all this to say that brands do not do any due diligence, like at all. They're just like, Oh, well, there's a lot of sellers and a lot of buyers in this like particular marketplace. Let's do it. And they never do any due diligence. And that is most likely because their team, um, does not speak the target language. Then they use Google translate to find keywords and, and so on. It doesn't really, uh, and well, and like, you know, just by using, let's say, Helium 10 black box, like they can find and see the revenue of the competitors. They can see like they can compare the percentage of what the competitors are making on the target place versus what they're, they're making on their home marketplace. Um, and then see if it's if it pays off. Um, also, like uh, sometimes the pricing is higher in Germany than it is in the US. But this is all that can be compared and you can do it on your own. But out of certain reasons, like brands just don't do it. But there are like a lot of tools, like as I mentioned, like a Helium 10 that, that can help you with the due diligence for, um, for your product and just like having the product discovery. Also, like also in um, so essentially you have the 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 product opportunity, which also shows like the percentage of like how um like how much opportunity your product has. So like all of these can like become like one big. Um, you know, all of these are the like basic pieces of the puzzle you cannot put together and then figure out like, oh, okay, so I should do it or I shouldn't do it. Also like um, if you don't want to do polls, you can go to like Facebook aspect groups and just ask people like, hey, would, would you would you buy this? Or like for instance, like in, in order to get more people, you can just ask them You can just um, ask them like, would you or somebody you know buy this? Because maybe they would not personally buy it because they're not into like, I don't know skiing or snowboard equipment but maybe like their cousins or their best friends or their coworkers are like real like snowboard junkies and they would love to have this product. So you kind of get access to more people than, I don't know, like 100 that this group has. So there are like so many different ways how to get the idea, data, numbers, comparisons, um, competitors and see how they're all doing before decide to expand. Because honestly, it costs a lot of money and a lot of your time. Um, mm-hmm. and especially if you have like a goal saying like, I want to exit my brand, um, in 12 months, you know, like you really kind of want to focus on what's important for your brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. I think, uh, people nowadays definitely, you know, due to the economy, inflation in many countries and and competition, people are more conscious about, you know, making their money count, uh, and having yeah. the best ROI. And sometimes it's not just, Hey, l- l- let me just, uh, let me just go ahead and sell in every marketplace that I can because you know it takes an investment. You gotta you gotta buy more inventory. You gotta pay companies like yourself to to translate their their, their listings. You gotta run customer service in different languages and potentially do different packaging. And it's not it's not cheap to to be in all these uh, different different marketplaces.
1: One thing I really wanted to say, like, a, it's not a, a marketplace, but you should definitely have your own website. Like, you should sell on the website as well, like a, outside of Amazon. And also, like, there are like so many ways how you can. Um, uh, how you can scale uh, your website also with help of SEO. Um, SEO is my bread and butter, obviously, but I've been in e-commerce for about 15 years and I know like a bunch of like uh, different things, but uh, driving traffic to your website, like your Shopify website should be very, very important to you. But there are so many cool ways. I'm just going to mention one. And I'm going to mention, and it's called leveraging uh, old expired domains, how you can actually like uh, purchase an old expired domain and all the traffic that this domain had and put all of the content that was on the website to backend WordPress um, content of your website, and you're gonna have a bunch of traffic that this previous owner paid a bunch of money for, and you will be able to to like drive um, certain uh, aud- um, audience to your to your website. Of course, it has to be something that is uh, pretty similar with your brand or in the same niche. So you don't buy, I don't know, like a politician's d- d- web domain and then make it for your pet brand. But there were like a bunch of examples, like that politician, British politician called um, Nigel Farage. He was the head of the parliament union and the Brexit movement and all that. And he stupidly let his n- dem- dem, um, name domain drop. His team just forgot about it. And then there was someone who found out about it there's a website called spanzilla.io where you can see the the domain names expiring or about to expire. And somebody clicked renew and accidentally it was an SEO guy and he then later uh, uh, published an article in the newspaper saying what he did. And he thanked him for all the backlinks, which include backlinks from BBC, YouTube, uh, daily telegraph, <laughs> and these are some d- domains that you cannot buy with money, you know, like there's a certain limit to all of that. So I'm just saying that there are like so many cool things that you can do with your web shop. So you can also leverage it that way. And there's just like a bunch of uh, other things how you can manipulate it. It's not black hat. It's just like, you know, taking advantage of something people don't know about. So I also wanted yeah. to, you know, kind of touch on that because I think, um, having your web shop and focusing on it. Is really important. And I know that Amazon sellers really don't know a lot about SEO and Google. And this is something that can uh, drive a lot of traffic to you and you don't have to pay fortune to run advertising on Google for that either.
0: Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, you know, you've been giving us lots of different strategies, but instead of just one 30 second tip, let's just take, you know, the last, you know, five, 10 minutes here and and talk about just just specific strategies you know uh could be with seo could be with translation could be with um watching great tv shows like uh, like uh breaking bad like my uh like breaking my, my Bad, shirt the, best,
1: the <laughs> best tv show ever tips on anything yeah. go ahead <laughs> yeah also you can brush on your spanish by watching the show so it is kind very useful. Yeah, true it's very basically true. bilingual show so i support that <laughs> um but when it comes to translations, what we've noticed is basically uh, maximizing on the keywords in the first 60 characters of your title a lot of people forget about the mobile version of the website on amazon it, which only shows first 60 characters and a lot of people go crazy and wild with the with the keywords like at the end of the title just don't put enough of the most important ones in the first part of the title and i say like you should definitely do that if not because of like the the mobile uh version because a lot of people also will purchase you know products on their phone and people forget about it. They tend to forget a lot, especially if you have like a really, really long brand name. Then you kind of really want to, you know, think about if you're gonna like play with it or not. Uh there was the one brand that we did, it was eye patches, and then it had like the word play I eye, eye, like your eyeball, like I love it, because it's an eye patch, and that literally took the whole uh, first 60 characters um, of their title and in the mobile um, version it didn't show any of the keywords so that had to be completely redone and we completely dropped the I love it because also like in, in German and for Germans it did not sit well like too much English never work, works amazingly well for the German audience so that is my tip when it comes to the title and just like the mobile uh, versions for, uh, for Amazon because uh, brands mm. really do not think, think about it a lot
0: yeah all right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, so before we get to your next Amazon um, tip, what are your health and wellness tips? You know, like, what do you do? Like, I, I, would, I would like to think that uh, I know because I watch your Instagram, but you, like me, travel is one of your, like, hobbies of when you need to get away from the, the business, uh, you know. Uh, uh, I was watching your guys' uh, Instagram story. I'm like, hey, I was just there. Hey, I was just there. Like, like it, it was fun watching you, your, your guys' long trip in Japan. But travel, what else uh, do you and Lazar do to kind of like when you need to get away from the, the regular day to day work?
1: Well, I just really like to go to the spa. I think that that is like something I really, you know, uh, I care about a lot. Uh, I think going to the spa, just like uh, going to the pool, doing the infrared saunas, um, just uh, relaxing, like a deep relaxation. And basically without listening to any podcast, just like being... Uh, like sitting in silence really, really helps me to unwind and just uh, get back my energy.
0: All right. Now now back to what one more perhaps, you know, uh, e-commerce, e-commerce tip of the week.
1: So, you know, like when you do a a keyword research uh, in the US and then you get a research full of Mexican keywords because of the Hispanic population, which is normal because there's like a very, very big number of of that population in the states and then of course you're going to include some of these keywords and backends and uh, they're going to search for your products in spanish language and then a lot of people who expand they don't think that they're going to be um that uh, that sort of possibilities for other languages as well in let's say germany or england or or france but we found out that for instance in germany there's a very big population a uh, very big Turkish population. And then a lot of times when you have products that have to do anything with, with food, you're going to have a lot of Turkish keywords actually. And a lot of people are searching for those products in Turkish. And because you don't know this language at all, you would probably think that like the, the, the listing results are probably a mistake or there's like misspelling or like what sort of yeah. word is it? That is probably Turkish and you would want to include it in the backends because they have a very big search volume and none of your competitors are ranking for that. We double-checked and for a couple of those products that we've done, none of the competitors were using any of those Turkish keywords and every single keyword had a couple of thousands of search volumes. Um, We found out that using Magnet and Cerebro and they all showed the same very big search volume and none of the competitors were using it
0: interesting interesting okay that's a good one all right well Jana I'll I'll be seeing you at, at different conferences you know potentially this, this summer it's always great to uh link up uh with you and and talk about uh Serbian sports with Lazar too a lot of uh of a course. lot of us uh, because of the Denver nuggets is on a lot of people's mind uh Absolutely. uh these days but but they're th- winning thank it. you so much They're taking yep, it. <laughs> yep. Thank, thank you so much for coming on and um uh, look forward to having you on this show next year for the fourth time, and let's see. Uh, of course, that—that that is, if you're still around. Unlike what Kevin King might uh, might think. I mean, might, if,
1: might, yes. uh, I mean, think, if right? we're, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, hope we're not done till 2024. We'll see.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll see you then.
1: Take care. Bye.